Piggy Podcast, where in essence we bring on funny black folks to talk about a time they've cried. I'm your host, Abe Gatling, and today we have the very funny Devin Walker, writer for Big Mouth. You've seen his work on Comedy Central. Thanks for coming through, bro. Thank you, man. How do you how are you feeling? Present day? Yeah. This past week, how you been feeling? This past week, what's been going on? Um I just got done traveling a bunch. Okay. I was uh, I was in Texas for two weeks, um, and then was just back to Texas, where I'm from. For yeah. those of you guys listening to the podcast, um, crybaby listeners, grew up in Texas, so I was back there for about two weeks, and then I was in North Carolina doing this club in Wilmington. Okay. For a weekend, so like this past week was like my first week being like back in New York, oh. and I don't have anywhere to be for like a little bit. That's good. That, yeah, so. feels, that feels. How does that feel? Does it feel like not having anything to do? Do you feel like you can relax, or do you feel that kind of anxiety of like I gotta, I'm not doing shit, so I gotta do shit. Yeah, like, I mean, discomfort. Like. I think the anxiety. There's this weird. There's this weird thing like working in like this industry, like working in this business, and this is just like an. This will probably be an anxiety that like lives in me forever until I get like, you know, in the event that I get like money, money, but mm-hmm. like. Uh, there's this weird thing of like, you know, you're working in comedy and you're always trying to be like, okay, like, I just want to like, I want to make a living doing this, you know, I want to make a living. I want to start building a career. I want to like start, you know, I want to not have to have like, uh, a side job or whatever that's like not comedy. And then you get there and then you just look up and you realize like, oh, every job's temporary. Literally every job that you get, no matter what status, it's all temporary. It's all contracts. They all sign you on for a certain amount of weeks mm-hmm. or months, and then your contract ends, and then you're unemployed again. Yeah. And then you hope that you get another thing. And so it's this weird, like, I don't know. It's I try not I I like don't want to come off as like complaining because like I'm in a a good spot and like I definitely recognize like this is like definitely the furthest along I've ever been, and this is like what I've been working for, but it is a weird thing of like you you get there and you realize like how unstable all of it is. Yeah. So it's like even so it's like even when you are making money, you sort of are like, well, after I get done making this money, I might be unemployed for who knows. Yeah. And so I like can't do that much with this money. And then of course then the and also you don't have a ton of time. Like when you're like working in a writer's room, you're just like doing that all right, day. All and then like doing stand up at night. Uh, and then so once you have the time to spend your money, then you're like, well, I don't know when the next job is. Right. I can't be spending can't money be spending like that. that shit. So it's like this, it's this weird, like balancing out. So that's the thing that I'm thinking about. Like always just, just the, yeah, I think, and I think that kind of instability is like you, cause I'm not, you know, I've, I haven't worked in a writer's room. Um, I don't have the, I haven't been under contract for anything like substantial, mm-hmm. but the, cause yeah, the goal is like. You think, oh, I will be, I will feel stable Mm -hmm. if I get to a a point where I can just do comedy and that's my only thing. But I do think inherent, and maybe, and maybe it's just not even the fucking like entertainment industry. I think, I think there's, I think we're lucky in that the instability comes from not knowing when you, in what way you get to do your favorite thing. I mean, it is like, but then. There's no guarantee you will get to That's do true. it again. I know, but I'm saying, like, you always get to do... Tell jokes. That's true. I will always be able to do stand-up comedy. But I do think that the instability of, like, like financial instability, mm-hmm. like, not that feeling of security is... You're right. Like, I think I'm going to carry that shit the rest of me, too. Like, my life, too. Where it's just, like, where... When will I just get to go... Yeah. And, and chill. And I, yeah. I think that's a part of like what keeps at least me going where it's like I can't I can't chill I can never chill but then the internal conflicts are like how do I how do I learn how to chill no right. matter where no matter what the fuck else right. is going on how do you try to find how do you that? how do you find I mean because <laughs> this, like, this is what life is gonna look yeah, like for in just it's just the permutations are gonna be very different right. but it's just like how do I and we're really just being like how do I find inner peace <laughs> which is not uh, uh, kind of an easy thing to do. You meet some people who have it though. Yeah, Me, I certainly have known in in entertainment and out of it. Like, I, I have certain friends who like very much are just like, 
even even in like times of instability, they're just like, I'm gonna do it. You know, yeah. they'll just be like, I'm gonna yeah. whatever needs to happen. Like, I'll be I'm fine. Do it. I'm I know, okay. and I know people who like. I have a homie back home who just uh, like maybe a year or so ago just was like really unhappy at his job, and he was like, I'm gonna quit this job. He was like, I hate it here. I'm really unhappy. I was like, Do you have anything else set up? And he was like, Nah. He was like, But I'll get something. Yeah. And then within like two months of him quitting that job, he had another one. Yeah. I envy that. Yeah. I envy that. I don't have that. I don't know. My dad baked like this kind of anxiety into me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He was, because yeah. he certainly never felt like, you know, my dad grew up really poor, so he was always very much like, I can't go back to that shit. Yeah. And so by, and so like. By osmosis. By osmosis, yeah. yeah. He like sort of gave that to me. And he also made me think that we were poor growing up. Mm-hmm. And yes. like, I don't know. I mean, we were like, we didn't like have like money, money, but like we weren't, we definitely, we weren't poor. And uh, he definitely would like, sometimes I'll ask him for like a PlayStation game, which would cost like, like 50, 50 bucks. bucks. Yeah. I'd be like, I'd be like, dad, like I really want this PlayStation game. And he'd be like, <sighs> yeah, he'd be like, son, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff going on. You know, I had to put new tires on the car. You know, and your your mom, she's <laughs> you're like dog. I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> I don't need to know. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, but he would absolutely do that kind of shit all the time. Where he like definitely he would like make sure that I. I mean, I think I understood what he was trying to do. He was trying to make sure that I understood that like money had value and that you couldn't just like have what you wanted just because you wanted it. You needed to understand that like this. You know, like when he went to work every day, he needed me to understand that like this is like for something. Yeah, this is for something, and it's like. To make sure this stability that you feel, that's what... That's where this is coming from. That's where this is coming from. And so you need to, like... But he would definitely... He, like, gave me anxiety so that I, like, basically wouldn't ask for a shit Mm -hmm. unless it was my birthday or Christmas Mm -hmm. because he made me feel like those were the acceptable times to, like, get extra shit. To be... And that's that weird... I don't know how you feel about it. Because, like, you understand that retroactively. Like, looking back, now you understand, like, oh, this is what he was trying to do. It might not be a perfect method. Mm -hmm. But it's the method he used to try and communicate a thing to me mm-hmm. without even realizing that, I don't know, a fucking kid is not going to understand the concept of uh, trying to maintain financial stability and, and, you know, the necessary sacrifices you need to make. He was just like... Also, it was like, that PlayStation game was not going to be... <laughs> Come on, bro. That was not going to be the You're difference between... You're not running on three tires because I want to play NBA Street yeah, Volume 2. Exactly. That's probably the, one of the exact games I was asking yeah, for. Yeah, bro. But, um, I use that I use that game as an example because my mom did the exact same thing. My mm-hmm. mom was super hyper-focused on, on money, like budgeting. Mm-hmm. She would show me spreadsheets mm-hmm. of like all the shit she broke down for a month. And I remember on my birthday, I wanted NBA Street Volume 2 for the PS2. Mm-hmm. And I asked her Great for game. it. Classic. Mm-hmm. There's a reason. Mm-hmm. This story is in both of our, our lives. And my mom was, uh, she said, no. Money's tight right now. I can't. Mm-hmm. And as a, I was just like, and as a kid, you know, that those same things your dad explained to you mm-hmm. could have been going through my mom's head. Mm-hmm. But you're a kid. Mm-hmm. You, to a certain degree, shouldn't have to think about that shit. That's you true. Sh- you should say, I'm a kid. This is a thing I want. It's... Mm-hmm for whatever occasion, um, if you say no, the reason for you saying no shouldn't be this adult <laughs> reason. Or should it be? I don't know. Like, but that's I don't know what the like, right answer is. I wonder, I wonder, and I just wonder, like, if that, is that specific to, like, black families where it's like, you, I need to explain why we can't do this thing mm-hmm. because you need to be prepared right. for a world mm-hmm. where you constantly, like, you constantly, I have to be I have to be thinking about all this shit because as a black person, we there is instability baked into our existence. Mm-hmm. You need to learn this shit early. Right. That's why I can't get you a PlayStation 2. I think that's certainly part of it. Yeah. Where they're just like, yeah, this, on, a, on a certain level, it's like there is no, like, there's nothing to fall back on. Right. There's nothing. It's like you need to, ha- you have what you have. And like, if you don't make it work, then like. No one's gonna. No one's gonna help you. Yeah, there are no second chances. Yeah, there's no other like. So I don't know. My parents certainly like grew up with that kind of mentality, so yeah. I think they put it into me. And I don't know. In some ways, I'm probably better for it. I think in some ways, for sure, yeah. like it does push you to to get shit without you know needing somebody to 
you know, hold your hand or right. call you or whatever. But I don't know. Me and my sister grew up, like, with the same parents. And I feel like, like, I was a kid who, like, once once I started being able to make my own money, like, once I, like, turned 16, I, like, couldn't wait to, like, get a job. When I turned 16, I couldn't wait because I hated having to come to my parents and be like, can I have this? Can yeah. I have that? Yeah. I love the idea of being able to, even though, like, I mean, I worked at whatever retail job. But I loved, like, getting paid and then being like, I get to decide what happens with this. Right. You know? If I'm going to spend all this shit on ice cream... It's on me? That's, that's my money. To, it's my money shit. to buy all the yeah. ice cream with. You can't do nothing about it. My sister, I would say, is like... You know, like I said, same parents. Like, it's not that way. Like, definitely had to be, like, forced to get a job. Mm. And even to this day, is like, kind of always hitting people up for money and, like, doesn't seem to have a... So, I don't know. I is mean, she I older guess, or younger? She's my little... She's, like... Younger. She's a lot younger. She's, like, 10 years old, younger than me. Okay. So my little sister's 21. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a little sense. She's... Being a... You know, the all, baby. She's always very much been like, oh, yeah, if you guys want to... If you guys want to give me money, I'll, I'll take it. Happily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my little sister's the same way. Mm-hmm. She's like, I won't whatever, but I will. I will hit up my dad for money. Mm-hmm. She'll... Whatever. But I'm, I'm very much in your camp where it's like... I don't want to be, I always felt growing up like I didn't want to be a burden mm-hmm. to anybody financially, mm-hmm. emotionally. And I do think for some things, right, a sense of independent, like a strong sense of independence, mm-hmm. being like adaptable, blah, 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 like those are good. Mm-hmm. But then there's just also this feeling of like not, uh, not wanting to be an inconvenience or like not wanting help right. from other people. That's probably a gendered thing when you, too. Yeah, I think so. That's probably a gendered thing, because that's definitely... Especially as, like, a black boy. Right. You're certainly raised to be, like, you know... It's, like, cool to not need anybody. Yeah. It's cool to be, like, nah, I did all this shit myself. Like, I figured it out. I'm a man. Like, I don't need... I don't need no help. Like, that's very much... You know? That's a very... That's a very big cultural thing. True. Yeah. And I think I came from it, like... From, like, the most sensitive, sad place ever. I was, like... (laughs) I was just, like... I don't... Because I grew up, like, parents were, like, you know, she was falling apart mm-hmm. around, and she's like, you just don't want to add. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, yeah, You don't yeah, want to yeah. add problems. Right. So just Especially, take, it, yeah, take care of your own shit. If parents make it clear to you, like, I'm having a hard yeah, time, yeah. which is what my dad did around money, he mm-hmm. would always be like, it's, I don't, and it, I don't know. I'm, I know for a fact he was exaggerating it, but, <laughs> yeah. at, you know, at the time, you know what I'm saying? I'm, you don't know that? No, I could not... I could not understand it until I got older and really like started to like just think about the way that I grew up. I was like, I don't. We weren't hurting. We weren't hurting. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you get older and you understand what like we're hurting. Exactly. Like. You sort of you yeah you get context for it and like I would you just you start to understand it and I was like oh okay like we were fine, uh, but my dad would make such a production out of being like I don't have any money all the time that I'd just be like okay fine all right then. I want to. I want to ask for right. You're like, damn, nigga. All right, okay. All right, cool. Then I guess. Yeah. Sure. So, I don't know. His plan worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His plan. His plan. He's, he's Levar Ball chilling at home. He's like, ha! <laughs> exactly. His his plan work was like, yeah. which was like, I don't want to have to worry about, mm-hmm. you know, paying for this nigga shit. Mm-hmm. So that that was effective. Damn. Yeah. But at what cost? Yeah. Wait, are we gonna talk about the the first time I did this podcast? The, uh, the the the, I, the unearthed version or the the deleted scenes. What you doing, nigga? <laughs> we don't have to talk about the what whole. You doing? Th- we don't have to, talk about, doing the, to, me? We don't have to talk about the whole thing. I invite you into my wife friend's home. We don't have to do. We don't have to do the whole. We got thing. Herman Miller's and shit. But we it's can, nice. We can just acknowledge this is a nice place. You want to ruin it? He was shitting on us. This is a good. Bringing up the past. I would. Shit. Li- I would live in this apartment. Me too. Uh, but all this, we don't even have to go into the, the specifics right. of it. All this to say. I did record an episode of this podcast year, literal years ago, pre-pandemic, pre all kinds of shit, and we recorded it, and then I was like, hey, I think I was maybe one of the first people to do it. I yeah, might have been the first you were one. the second one. I was number two, and uh, then I was like, when's it coming out? They were like, soon, and I was like, all right, let me know. Never, never saw the light of day, so now yeah. I'm back. Because it wasn't good. That's not why. I, yeah, I disagree. <laughs> I disagree that it oh, there's, some, there's some good bits. I I want, there's some parts I wanted to release. Yeah. <laughs> Just but, a little whatever. But now I am back. He's back. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so glad 
So glad you're here. So glad you brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fuck. Okay, tell me about a time you cried, you little bitch. <laughs> well, okay. Well, I, I came with two. Okay. I guess these are wow. inherently sad. One of them is sadder. Yeah. One of them is sadder than the other one. Okay. Do you want the more recent one? Or I feel like I should address... There was the one that I talked about the first time mm-hmm. I did the podcast that, that nobody ever heard. Yeah. And then there's... For good reason. Yes, for good reason. Yeah. Uh, then there's... That was from 2018. Yeah. That time that I cried. And I don't know. I've probably cried other times, but like these are like really... These are ones that like really have stuck out in my mind. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because like not, not to be on some like macho man shit, like that, my body just doesn't oftentimes process sadness through tears. That's just not... That's just not like okay. to be moved to tears. It has to be something that like really hits like me. Seismic. Usually in a way oh, that like wow. I usually when I cry, I'm like blindsided by it mm. most of the time. It's like I'm that overcome with emotion. Okay. And I'm pretty, I don't know. I'm like a pretty even, even keel dude. guy. So like I don't get, I don't I don't get like overcome with emotion in that way gotcha. very often. Well, so, so then how if it's not through tears, like how? Would you say you process? I just be sad, bro. I just be <laughs> sad, like in just in my apartment, just thinking about stuff. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Just sort of. You listening to music? Uh, listening to? Oftentimes, but no, actually, not even. I'm not a guy who like listens to sad music when I'm sad most of the time. Uh, I listen to sad music usually when I'm in like a regular mood. Like I don't need to be sad to listen to sad music. Sure, sure. Uh, but what's sad music? That song, that song, Self Control by Frank Ocean. Okay, yeah. Is it really. Cause you made me lose self control. Hey, you made me lose control. Self control. Keep a place for me. For me. Yeah. That song is. That's, that was good. Yeah, we might cut that We shit. did a good job. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a sad song that I do like, um, but no, usually when I'm sad, I'm just like sort of laying around being depressed. But we, you were talking about like actual like sad like times where I really was overcome to tears. There was the the one there was a time in 2018 mm-hmm. I moved here and was dating a girl from that I was dating before when I lived in Texas, and we right. both moved here around the same time and like the the like gravity i don't know if it felt like this for you. you moved here from what maryland dc no i've been here the whole time but you grew up no nope. you're not from new york i am what yeah why do i think you're from dc because the is from dc you're from new york city yeah where farmers what i grew up i grew up on 145th between Covent and amsterdam moved up to fordham hills parents got divorced came back my mom moved out to the Bronx I went to school came back lived in Canarsie shit piece of shit yeah that's crazy living in a crack den yeah yeah for sure and that's not that's not what we call Canarsie I was in Canarsie I lived in Canarsie he just so happened to live just so happened to be inside of a crack den within Canarsie Mm -hmm. all of Canarsie is not a crack den although I'm sure there are more than one don't don't have the BK niggas coming for oh you, bro. Oh my god, nah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, just, I just hear drill yeah. <laughs> at 2 a.m. Uh-huh. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I lived in Flatbush. Mm-hmm. Then I lived in Astoria, and then I moved, and I was bouncing around during the pandemic. Okay, well then that honestly that's helpful. Well, it it could have worked either way, but it's it's that that's why are you surprised? You definitely don't seem like a New York nigga. I don't present as a New York nigga. Yeah, and you know this. I'm sure this comes up to you. I'm sure probably New Yorkers meet you like, like, huh, really? I've gotten a lot of California. I can see that. Yeah. You wear Vans a lot. I do. Mm -hmm. I say bruh. I don't know if that's California specific. But anyway. Maybe. When I explain this to New Yorkers, it's always interesting because like people who grew up here can't really conceptualize what it's like to move here. Mm. It's fucking rough bro especially really? absolutely it's hard because like especially if you're i mean maybe like people from like east coast cities have a different relationship with new york city but like i'm from texas yeah like if you guys if you guys ever if you ever watched the show friday night lights mm-hmm. they literally shot that in my high school oh shit and it, you know it wasn't exactly like that but it wasn't 
not that different. Yeah. It wasn't that like that's like where I grew up and I went in I went to college in a town where like the biggest attraction was a river. True. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so like moving from that in places where my rent in college my rent was like three hundred dollars. Uh in right my place that I lived in in Austin after college oh cost five hundred dollars. Oh my fucking god. I lived in a three bedroom house where the rent was fifteen hundred dollars total. Oh my god. You know what I'm saying? Oh. And like exactly <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Shit that New Yorkers can't even fucking they can't even they can't even wrap their oh minds around it. Just, that doesn't even make sense. Nigga, I just came so hard. Exactly. Exactly. I'm I, this is a, this is a side story, but I met a guy like who's like uh, I was at like a birthday party. I met a guy who's like a principal who like was born and raised in New York, like from from East New York. Mm-hmm. And um all he would talk about it like when I told him I was from Texas, he was like, bro. He was like, they got you could get a house out there. Yeah. You could get you could get like a real house with like a yard. He was talking about it like I was like, I can't believe you're talking like about it's a pipe dream. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's Narnia. Yeah. Like it's some sort of magic. He was like, oh, they got, you know, you could get a front yard and a backyard. Yeah. And it, but he's fucking right. Yeah. And so like to come from a place like I tell people like I moved here and uh, my quality of life just like plummeted. In like a in a really real way. I also like I'd only ever lived in Texas my whole life. I moved here. I moved to New York uh, when I was twenty seven. Mm-hmm. I'm thirty one now. I moved to New York when I was twenty seven. Had spent literally my entire life in one place, and so like everybody from my whole life was in one place. And then I moved to this place where I knew essentially no one. Yeah. And like that is like it's it, it's just like it fucks your head up. It just fucks your head up, and it's just like the 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 like weight of it of like you know, and it's also hard to maybe understand as a person who grew up here. But like this city does not care about they you. They don't give a fuck. They, no, the city I understand that. This city does not care about your Very hum- well. humanity in a way that's it's just it's just different. Not to say that I grew up in a city where like everybody cares about you, but there is just a different sense of like there's a different sense of sort of like. Uh, I don't know, like community almost, or like at le- at least or sort lacking. of like, there's just sort of like people people have more time. the The pace is just slower, and so like I understand people in New York aren't mean. This is just a hard city to live in, and everybody's trying to like go do their shit, so they don't have time to like look at you in the eyes and yeah. be like, How "It's you a doing? very it's a very cold place." Yeah, it's just like a cold person place. to person. Is yeah, very exactly. Cold. And, like, there's very much an energy of, like, when you walk around, don't look at people. Mm-hmm. Don't look at people, and you start to understand why. Yeah. Because people are, trying to, people are trying to get shit off you. People yeah. see you. If you look at somebody in their eyes in New York, and somebody's trying to get something off you, they're like, oh, okay, this is... this a, That's all they need. It's yeah, exactly. Opening. That's, that's, the, that's the opening. So you learn to, like, be closed off. You know what I'm saying? You know, put your hat down low. Don't look at nobody. Like, there's, there's no sense of, like, warmth. Right. Just like I, part, yeah. in your in yeah. your like interactions with like the world, you build that shit. You build that with like you. You know what I'm saying? I know a lot of people, and I have friends. That I, like I have that community with right now. But like anytime you're not around that, mm-hmm. you know the energy is just everybody's so focused on the shit that they yeah. have to do. Just that like they're not trying to worry about you if they don't protect have to. your protect your own humanity at the cost of acknowledging others' yep. humanity. And so like really what it is getting getting here. And, like, you know, of course, like, the money that, the little bit of money I had saved up started, like, dwindling down fast as fuck. Because, of course, you know, my rents, my rent went up and my, like, income went down. Like, my rent doubled and my income probably got cut in half. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, like, so that shit was, like, and I was just, like, staring down the barrel. At that point, I hadn't even started my new job yet. Mm -hmm. So I was making no money. I'd been here for, like, three months or something like that. My savings is getting low. And I'm like, fuck. And I'd been I'd been moving to a different apartment every single month because I was afraid to sign a lease because I didn't have a job right. and I didn't want to sign a lease and like get stuck in it yeah. and not be able to pay it. And so I was moving to a new apartment every single month. Uh, I don't know what's coming next. I'm basically running out of money. And I remember I was with my girlfriend at the time and I was like explaining all of it. And I just like... She's back in Texas. No, she, ca- she moved here like a month after me. Okay. Yeah, she like wanted to... She, she also wanted to move to New York. Like, we were both going to do it regardless of each other. Yeah. Um, and so we're both up here, and I was, like, explaining all of it, and I got so overwhelmed. I just, like, broke down because I had no idea what the fuck I was mm. going to do. I yeah. didn't know. And, again, like, there was no sense of, like, 
when I was in Texas at any point, I never did it, but there was always this understanding of like, I know so many people here that like, I got, I have places to go. Right. I yeah. have a support system. There's a safety net. I can go. I got homies who got extra bedrooms. I got homies who got, you know, couches. I got homies who are like established who like, yeah, who have a guest room. Who like, if it comes to that, or I could go, I could go back home. I go home and there's always a room for me there. Like I always, I have a place to go. Right. And then I came here for the first time. I was like, oh, I have nowhere to go. Yeah. If this shit doesn't shake, then like, then it's then it's over for me. And right. that shit got me so overwhelmed. I like really was like bawling. Like I was like crying mm. in this girl's lap in a way that like yeah, it doesn't happen for me that often. But like that was that was a big time that I cried. Yeah. That's that stability shit, dog. Yeah. That's that because you literally came here. Yep. And was like. You have no support system. You're moving job. You're moving apartment to like literally the place where you go. Oh, this is at the end of the day. Whatever bullshit happens outside, I can come home right. and be home. You don't even have that. No, work. zero stability. You know, no stability. You're mm-hmm. literally like a nigga on an island, living out of two suitcases and a duffel bag. Yeah, man. And never was unpacking. Was just opening them up and like grabbing different shit out of them, and then. Yeah, living in different neighborhoods with different, like, you know, different roommates. I lived in Flatbush, then I moved to Bed-Stuy, then I moved back to Flatbush. Damn. And I, you know what I'm saying? And that was, like, my first few months. And also, the beginning of every month was, like, okay, clock's ticking. Right. you got to figure you out the next something. place. Because whoever lives here is about to be back in a month. Fortunately, you can, this is a city where you can always find, there's always somebody who's, like, going to be out of town Whatever. for... That's not ideal. Exactly. But it's not, like, the way you want to live. Just yeah. with no stability. And I think it all, like caught up to me in that moment and that shit just yeah I like broke down so that was the that was the version that I talked about when? the first podcast I don't remember that. okay he does remember it. I don't know he, I do not. he remembers I don't know he doesn't want he doesn't want to remember I don't know what you're you talking know? about and I'll leave that this is your podcast I'll leave that to you if you want to talk oh it's to getting cu- oh it's getting cut <laughs> you're, you're cutting even the mention of it? yeah <laughs> we didn't even talk about anything I don't know what, what are you talking about? <laughs> this is crazy yeah all right. Well, you want to talk about the other one? I don't know. Or do you want to talk about that one? I don't know what... what... Do you want to talk about that story, or do you want me to go into the next one? Which mm. is sadder. No. I will tell you that. I mean, I, you haven't told me anything yet. What do you mean? I... Oh, you're doing this. Okay. Yeah, I'm gaslighting you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, all right. Then let's talk about this one, the most recent. I d- well, I'll, I will say, um, mm-hmm. I do think that... Yeah, no, obviously. Let's talk about that. Okay. But I'm saying I do think that um I do think that there's a weird there's an interesting um thread to it where, you know, I think to a certain degree like when you moved to New York for the first time, like did you feel conf like did you feel confident that you would be able to handle your shit on your own because of you know, kind of like the values that got instilled in you earlier? Where you're like, I can handle my shit. I felt okay. like I would be able to because I've always that was I mean I don't know, this isn't some shit that I cried over, but it is like, uh, well, it was that time. But like, at, in my times that I've lived here have been like the most instability that I've ever had, like like as an adult. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe like in my life. Because like, yeah, I had a pretty like stable like childhood. Um, but even like when I was in college, I always had a job, you know, was paying my own bills, was like working, I don't know, I was working a decent amount of hours every yeah. week, you know, working probably four or five days a week uh, to make sure that, like, my shit was taken care of. Yeah, you were grown. Yeah, I was, like, being... I was, like, yeah, exactly. I was, like, you know... I, I Again, my rent was $300, so, like, didn't didn't have two... And also, I lived in a, a college town where, like, you know, drinks were three seventy five or whatever. It's a better... Pl- Texas is a better place than New York City. Don't let... <laughs> don't let the news fool you. Uh, <laughs> Don't let the news fool you. It's a, it's this, a, a this is a weird time to get on your soapbox. <laughs> I love it there. <laughs> I love it. I don't there for these for very specific reasons. Yeah, there's an, there has to be an asterisk. It's it's a beautiful it's beautiful. I mean, you know, it's that's a whole other thing. But it's not a perfect it's not a perfect place. All right, there are flaws, but it's are I, there really? I, I but I love work. You know, but that's that's a that's a whole other conversation. But um, yeah, in college I, I was pretty stable, like. I just always had a job that, like, paid enough to support me to live. Mm-hmm. And moving to New York was the first time where there was, like, real concern that, like, oh, shit, I, I really might not be able to figure this out. And that kind of fucked my head up, like, at different times, just, like, 
you know, was like here and was like doing doing temp gigs, mm-hmm. you know, which like can go up or down. Yeah, Sometimes there's temp work. Volatile. Yeah, it's very volatile. You know, for a while I would have like a good temp gig and then it would just like end unexpectedly and they'd be like, oh yeah, they they don't need that position anymore. And then like just having to like really scramble. And also there's another thing of like moving here and like, I don't, it feels like every girl is rich here <laughs> one way or another. Like, or yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, either because they, like, have some good-ass job or because they just have, like, family, family money wealth. or both. Yeah. And so it was It was also, like, yeah, like, you know, as you can imagine, that relationship didn't... I guess you don't know that, but, like, that relationship didn't work out, the one that I was... Yeah, I assume. In, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that I was in at the time. And so then I was, like, trying to be out dating and tr- trying to do that... Trying to be on your whole shit and uh, being poor really don't, they don't they line don't up. You know what I'm saying? Because feminism has not progressed to a place uh, where it's like, hey, so support support a, a poor yeah. young artist. Poor, That's still charismatic young nigga. Mm-mm. There's no, no, there's not a lot of, we're, we're not there. That's not, the, we're, on, we're not on that wave of feminism. Hopefully that's where we're headed. Eighth wave? Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see that in our generation. Hopefully, I, I mean, I don't plan to be poor again, but like. <laughs> For, for, for all like the, all the ones for, all, for all the niggas coming come up behind me, me. <laughs> who's all coming up behind me, who's you know trying to pursue some creative shit, and they're dating a girl who's like a brand manager or whatever, or like I don't know. I did a lot of journalists, sure, mm-hmm. a lot of girls who worked for like New York Magazine or like the Times or whatever. Mm-hmm. A lot of journalists, but uh, mag, some blog refinery 29 or whatever i did yeah i did date this girl who like her whole job was like basically doing like sponsored content like her her job was like it was like making like lists Mm. it was like making lists listicles yeah 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 yeah. where it'd be like these these are the top hair dryers under look she's had that job for a long time as far as i think she got promoted to what? I don't know. I'll just longer lists. I don't know. I don't know. What, what do you go? Where, <laughs> what is the? What is the evolution of making listicles? Let me see. Uh, but yeah, I was also yeah dating girls who were just like more, just further along than I was. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you feel? Did you feel like? Did you feel that gap reflected ab- in your? Absolutely. That fuck with you. Absolutely. Yeah. And for a time, I was like seeing a girl who like was also in comedy, but like is very successful Mm -hmm. and you know what i'm saying like somebody in that power dynamic is fucked yeah that somebody who's like in your same industry but is like kind of at the pinnacle Mm -hmm. and then you are truly just you're not even you're not only not at the pinnacle you feel like you like aren't even you're nowhere yeah it feels like you're absolutely nowhere and you've like got a little traction but like you're certainly not like making a career out of it Mm -hmm. okay here's her this is her job now don't say it out loud but Uh, whatever. She's she's you know she's she's doing fine. She's doing good. I she, mean, she got a promotion. I don't know what her actual job looks like now. We don't we don't talk. She's anymore. still making lists. Not probably not. I wonder if she's gonna hear this. I've had things happen. I've had like to my surprise, I've like done certain podcasts and like girls that I've dated will listen to it and have come back and mentioned like oh oh you oh you talking shit for real? Oh, absolutely. It's happened to me on several occasions. Uh-oh. Uh, so. I mean, I don't care. She can hear this. She was making lists. I don't know what she does now. Yeah. But she's making lists. But, um, yeah, all that to say, it fucked me up moving here and, like, really, like, being unstable in, like, a big way. That was, like, really, really difficult. And now I think I live in a fear of, like, I live in that fear now. I live in that fear of, like, oh, what if the, like, TV jobs dry up? Yeah. And I got to go back to that. Yeah. Level of... Because, like... Cause being broke like that, it like, it like infests like Dude, every it single every decision you make. Every single thing that you everything. do is sort of like in fear of like, oh, I'm not gonna be able to pay for some shit. Yeah, you almost feel like a fucking animal in like pure survival mode. Yeah, man. And that's stressful. It's not. It just weighs on you like every day, all the time. And yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? You start to you start to think about places based on like. Like trying to spare an expense, yeah. you know what I'm saying? You yeah. start doing. I guess it's like a very like young person in New York City thing, but you start being like, all right, well, like my job's having like this, my job's having this like lunch thing yep. on the weekend, mm-hmm. and so like I don't really want to do like a work luncheon or whatever, but, but like I get free. The food's gonna be free. 
and then like I don't know, like going to liquor stores and like stashing liquor in my coat so that I could like drink so I could that, so you don't yeah have so I could drink at the bar and yeah. pour the drink into a ginger ale and like just literally every single thing that you do when you're like broke like that it like it you have to think about and you're in like a constant state of fear of yeah. like if one thing goes wrong if one little piece of thing like goes left and like I'm fucked yeah and so yeah that was and that's got I mean I'm sure that fucked with your sense of self given that you like back home were like I'm good like I'm I, okay. I can I can take care of myself right mm-hmm. and that's like a substantial part of your identity mm-hmm. where you're just like yeah no matter what happens like I have the ability to take care of myself no matter what happens in my environment but then you literally get thrust into an environment where it's like so little is in your control so little is going your way mm-hmm. like you don't have the confidence of like a support system to fall back on mm-hmm. so yeah that was that big cry big cry big you know what I'm saying my shoulders were shaking ooh that's a good one mm-hmm. really yeah, got real ugly. Mm-hmm. One pretty. Um, are you? Well, I know you don't cry that much, mm-hmm. but I do think about if I'm a like pretty. Cry- I don't think there are many pretty criers. Uh, cer- certainly not. Like, so, I mean, I don't. I think you're right. I don't think there's a lot of them. I also think like if there are them, it's probably not a lot of men. Absolutely not. You know, because yeah. like also like I think, I think the thing you know generally speaking about women is they feel so much more comfortable like expressing themselves through tears mm-hmm. that like it's kind of like they're just like oh this is just part of it right this is part and of I it i think we agree too like the world agrees like oh that's it's just like this okay. is part of the experience sometimes you get worked up and you're gonna cry and that's like part of it i think as men again especially i guess that's the point of the podcast but like especially black men mm-hmm. we're certainly not we're if anything we're, we're raised to be really ashamed of crying yeah and so like i think for us like it's you know, I'm sure this has come up on the podcast. Jay Z has the song, "Song Cry," mm-hmm. where he says, "I can't see him coming down my yeah. eyes, so, so I got to make the song, song cry. cry." Yeah, that's just a man being like, "I can't, I, can't I physically cry. can't cry, so I'm gonna try to make an emotional song that reflects what feeling like crying looks like," which is very high concept, yes. relatively high concept, but also like. Cry, nigga. Yeah, just do just it. Just let it out. You can you cry. There was a there's an interview actually with him. He was talking about making that song in the studio with Beanie Siegel, and like they were talking about how they were just like bawling in the studio, thinking about oh, like, shit. like conceptually trying to put this song together or whatever. It's like then don't make this right. Don't make the song. Change the song. Or just talk be about like, how I you, cry. Yeah, talk <laughs> about how you cry in the song. Don't try to be my don't. But Don't try to make art reflect life, nigga. But Don't. that's the thing, though. You get, you that's, know. Of course. That's, that's the, like, you need, that's the way, that's like the side door mm-hmm. of being like, I can try to have it both ways. Being like, I'm still this macho, whatever, hyper-masculine. Mm-hmm. I still make big pimping, nigga. Right. I can make big pimping, and this is as close as you're going to get. Right. We've moved to the other side of that, though. I do think so. Now yeah. it's like, at least for like... Young, for certain for young people, I I do think I think the internet it's not all black does it good. Yeah, not I don't I think it's still like a vast majority. But I do think the internet does a good job of either presenting or maybe highlighting, maybe overinflating, um, the type of man or image of masculinity where it is like okay and encouraged to cry. Should, I just wish I wish it would permeate in our culture like a little more. Yeah, I wonder. I want. I mean, I guess you're doing. You're on the. You're on the ground floor. You're trying. really. You're doing the research and really trying. Seeing how often have you done this podcast and a, and a man's just like, don't cry. Never. No, never. No, I think. Um, it, which is, I'm thankful. Mm. Honestly, I think the close we had like way back we had uh, Gastor on, mm-hmm. and East New York's finest. Oh, what a gem! Mm-hmm. What a gem of a human. Um, but even like I went into it thinking like, man, this nigga ain't going. What's he gonna talk about? But he he talked about a story where like he was he uh, was unable to like he had a job that he was supposed to do and was unable to like provide for his family mm-hmm. and that weight of like expectations and that the a lot of times I do think when we do when like black people do cry it's because yeah, there's a theme here there's yeah there's a there's the falling short of like an of an expectation a standard that you hold yourself to. Mm. And not being able to reconcile that, mm-hmm. like, maybe that standard 
is part of the problem to begin with. Mm. That like the standard you hold yourself to is mm. one that reduces your humanity a little bit. One that's like I need to be a X, a provider. I need right. to be independent. I need to be whatever. And because you think you need to be those things, you think other avenues aren't available to you. You think I, I'm not allowed to ask for help. I'm not allowed to reach out. I'm not allowed to be emotionally vulnerable. Because if I am those things, that means that I'm not the thing I'm supposed to be. Mm. And I do think paradoxically, mm. the reason, like if you did those things, mm -hmm. you realize, oh, I don't have to be, I can, I can be that while also having like my emotional needs met at the same time. Mm -hmm. I do think that a lot of that is, um, yeah, I think a lot of our, our emotional hangups are wrapped up in us not being or living up to a socialized, you know, um, version of someone like we've been told to be as black men. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, to me, yeah, the, the, the thread, at least between my thing and Gastor's thing is like, oh, like, it, it comes from a feeling of like helplessness. Yeah. A lot of times I think because, yeah, we're, you know, and this is for men, for black men and men just in general, like, you know, we're all kind of raised to with the with this understanding of like you gotta do it you know when it comes no down to doing it, it for you nobody's gonna help you yeah. and so like you have yeah. to that is you know what Which i'm saying crazy that's that's very much it's like you have to figure out a man figure shit figure shit out mm -hmm. and like does it on a does shit on his own and so like i think that's uh that's i think that's where a lot of the the, the crying comes from yeah just like feeling like oh i i don't got it i don't got I it i don't got it and, and i don't know how to get it right because i wasn't taught the tools mm. to yeah the alternative is like all right what if i don't got it yeah who and i accept that mm. who can i reach out to mm -hmm. and that's okay yeah. you know what i mean yeah man all right second time fine all that get, all that's getting cut i stand by it you're not cutting this i am no i'm gonna be so mad if you cut if you cut that story out a second time uh, what well, you think I'm not committed to the bit? I don't, I don't want you to be. Also, this one has nothing to do with the stuff that you cut it from the last time. <laughs> yes, it does. My story wasn't why you cut it the yeah, last you're time. Right, you're right, you're right. But anyway, uh, second one again. This one gonna get way sadder. Good. So be ready for that. Just lean into it. Um, but yeah, the the next one was from. This would have been early 2021, maybe okay. like. Probably January, okay, twenty twenty one. So we're Another, still in the pandemic. Yeah, still very much in the pandemic. This is still pre vaccine. Uh, my dad. Uh, well, I'd I'd gone to I'd gone back to Texas. I'd gone back to Texas uh, for like almost a month around like Christmas time. Okay, and had stuck around past New Year's, and so this is like I don't know a, a few weeks into January twenty twenty one, and uh, when I was back in Texas that time over the holidays. I just sort of noticed, like, some, like, changes in my dad. Like, he just, like, physically, it just seemed like something was kind of, like, up. Mm -hmm. And I would kind of bring it up to him, and he'd kind of just be like, oh, no, you know, it's nothing. I'm fine. I'm just, like, you know, whatever. I'm tired or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, all right, seems like something's up. And then uh, when I came back to New York, he basically called me and was like, yeah, I got... I got diagnosed with this like neurological condition, uh, which is it's like it's like similar to Parkinson's. Okay. Basically, so there's like a lot of like ticks and like sort of involuntary like movements mm -hmm. and stuff like that, which is exactly what I like noticed. Yeah. And he was like, "Yeah," he was like, "We don't know what the, you know, basically like with with any sort of neurological stuff like that stuff, it only gets worse. It doesn't get better. It doesn't get better." You know, there's no degenerative like, disease. Pretty good track record of just it slow only, decline. It's just it's just a matter of at what rate it happens yeah. at. Yeah. And so that was basically what he told me. He was like, "I have this thing. It's you know, it's been diagnosed. It's like, you know, so that ball had started rolling downhill. He's like, at this point, all we can do is like try to slow down its effects yeah. as much as possible. And you know, he was like, you know, basically." Usually when people get diagnosed with this, you know, usually they live for three to five more years after that. And, you know, as you can imagine, that one hit me pretty crazy. Yeah. In a way that, like, you know, it's 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 tough. And I think it's still a thing that I'm dealing with. You know, fortunately, my dad's still with us. But, 
that sort of began this process of like, oh, I have to start sort of like reckoning with like the mortality of like my father, which is a thing that I had never really had to do before. And that was the first time I really had to sort of think like, this guy's going to die. And it it could happen relatively soon. You know, my dad's, you know, he's, he's, he's six, he's about to be 69. So he's like, nice. Yeah. Um, so he's pushing 70. So Mm -hmm. he's like lived, he's lived a life. He's lived a life. He's got four kids. You know, we're all pretty much grown. The youngest of us is 21. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, you know, and he's got, he's got grandkids, you know, my brother has two kids. Um, and so like, he's got to live like a good full life. And so I think he's, he's very at peace with it. He's very at peace with all this. And like, I I do think he's like, you know, satisfied with, uh, you know, the life that he's led, you know, and I think he feels, you know, proud of himself and like his kids and, and everything. But yeah, I had never, I just hadn't, that was the first time I really had to like look at it in the face and man, that shit fucked me up again. Again, like I said, I, I usually don't cry unless it's something that kind of just like blindsides me, blindsides me like yeah. overcomes me like I don't usually see it coming and oh I just thought of another time when I cried a lot uh, but that's a whole that's a but uh, we'll have yeah. A, yeah we'll have a part two <laughs> that one is that's we really have to get into the trip but yeah um, that was that's an interesting one because as you were describing not uh like as you were describing, like coming to grips with losing your your dad, mm-hmm. you started explaining. You know, you're like he's lived a life, he's had kids, he whatever, he's mm-hmm. at peace with it. Like the thing, like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like the feeling of like trying to uh, contextualize like death and being like it's not like. It, this will be sad, but he's, li- you know, it's been good. Mm. It's like, but yeah, but at the end of the day, like, the possibility of losing your dad is gonna suck. Like, even though he's at peace with it, even though he's lived a good life, even though all of these things mm-hmm. is still coming to grips with mortality is like, it's one of those, like, for me, it's one of those existential things that just, like, s- objectively sucks. Nothing you can do about it. Yep. Um, there's not like there's nothing we can explain away about it. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no, there's no thing to like buffer the grief. Right. It's just it just is an unavoidable part of life and is pure, purely sad. Yeah, it sucks. Um, and it's like yeah, sure he lived a life, sure he's a good dude, but you're still losing your pops, and that's like yeah. And so crazy. I don't I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. There's no like way to handle it that yeah but that's what makes like that's part of what makes it so shitty yeah exactly there's no like here's what you do Mm -hmm. but i do feel lucky i feel i feel fortunate that i feel fortunate for a few things i feel fortunate that like he's with my stepmom and like they're both retired so they have time to like make sure everything's like taken care of yeah you know what i'm saying there's a world in which this happens to people all the time where they like get sick uh, and then they're like, well, I got to keep working. I got to keep work. I got to keep right. making money. I can't afford to like, you know, you can get some sick time off, but like at a certain point, like, you know, the bills start to add up and like, I feel fortunate that like they're in a place where they're retired and they have time and they're definitely they're, like, they're on top of it yeah. between the two of them. They're like on top of making sure he's like on going to his appointments and taking his medication. So they're like, they're doing all the things that are like within their power. So like, I feel lucky about that. And then, like, on another level, also, like, I feel lucky that there was at least, like, some heads up. Right. You know what I'm saying? I got that news probably about a year and a half ago at this point. Mm-hmm. And so, with that, it sort of gives me the context of, like, all right, well, like, now I, it, it gives me, like, a different context with which to, like, appreciate I was gonna say, I was like, gonna ask, like, my relationship with him. And I feel like both of us have sort of started, like, talking about shit in a way that it's like I think now you you sort of know like okay like we don't know how fast the clock's ticking but like it is so let's yeah. maximize so, yeah so the let's time we do that. let's let's have those like conversations that like we like hadn't been having 
Let's talk about that shit. Let's like yeah. really make plans to like sit down and like kick it and like hang out when I'm home in a way that like maybe we wouldn't have. So like we have, I, I feel grateful for that. Uh, I'm, I, I feel grateful that it wasn't, that it didn't happen like fast. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes people don't get the chance to have like, those conversations. Don't get the chance to, yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just over. Yeah. That person's just like gone. I feel lucky that like, even this last time, like we really like, we're making like real concerted efforts to be like, all right, let's sit down. Let's go to, let's go to lunch for a few hours and just like talk some shit out. Which comes with its own, like, you know, father. There's all, you know, any. Well, that's what, it, yeah. It's father like, son shit, which is like every everybody has that. It's wild that like something. It's unfortunate that's this is happening, but I do think like it's wild that it takes some shit like this to mm-hmm. be like, oh fuck, I need to. Especially with father son shit, it's like there's a reluctance to like really get down, like sit down and get with the shits, unless spurned by some like crazy right. outside. Because it's like hard. It's, 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 they're, they're, not, they're not like fun conversations. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and they don't want to. Like, they don't want to have them. They don't want to. Because oftentimes it's like them having to like acknowledge like, oh, here's some things that like I probably overlooked. Yeah. Here's some things that I overlooked when you were growing up, or like here's like a way in which like I wasn't kind or like understanding. They which takes like a certain. I feel lucky. I've, like, explained this to some of my friends, because my dad's always been, like, he's a very, like, introspective guy, so he's always, he always wants to, like, sit down and have, like, a big talk. Sure. That's, like... Right, but that shit's in air, I feel like that shit's in air quotes sometimes. Yeah. But, like, I feel lucky, because sometimes I was, like, talking to some of my friends, I was like, yeah, you know, it's been nice to hang out with my dad, but he always wants to have these, like, really heavy conversations. That's just, like, my dad's a serious guy. Yeah. That's just, like, the kind of person he is. Uh, and, you know... I had to check myself because several people have been like, I wish my dad would do this. Mm -hmm. I wish me and my dad could like talk about real shit. Like I can only talk to my, you know, some people be like, I only talk to my dad about very surface level shit all the time. We can only have small talk or talk about basketball or whatever. Like we can't really talk. So like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, the situation sucks, but I'm like, I definitely, I see the positives in them or in it. Yeah. I do think that's it is sad like it's sad but like beyond the what is happening beyond mm-hmm. the plot it is sad that I do think man we gotta dismantle toxic masculinity <laughs> that's what we doing on this this is getting cut but that's what we doing <laughs> um where yeah I mean it does feel like I I mean from at least for my dad like um it feels very recent that my dad has reached the point of like emotional maturity to be like to at least acknowledge the times he's failed. Mm-hmm. And I do think for a lot of dudes, black dudes especially, the acknowledgement that you came up short during a time where like you were just trying to survive, right. do the best you could with what you had, is very difficult. Because you stake a lot of your personality, you stake a lot of your like value as a person is like being able to succeed perf- in whatever arena, like provide blah blah blah, like just like yeah, just being, and also like as you know, it's just, it's such a thing in like black and probably brown households too, True. where yeah. like where like the dad is like I gotta be the man in here. Mm-hmm. I need to like everybody needs to know I'm the guy. Exactly, here. especially because. Outside this family, you are very. You're not, not the guy. <laughs> you are not. No one gives a fuck. You're not the guy. I need lot. to at least have control in my home. If outside, I have the exactly. world is constantly telling me I ain't shit. Exactly. So yeah. like, be, needing that feeling of being like, what I say goes. Everybody has to listen to me, and like, there's no. I mean, you know, again, a lot of black and brown kids would relate to this thing of just like, yeah, there was no like conversations in mm-hmm. our house. There was no like. When you're when dad said something like that's what was happening. That's it. There was no, you know, there's there's no like wait, but I feel like mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Or like I what about no, I said it. Yeah, you do it. Right. And so right, do this. Why? Because I said. Because so. I don't ask any extra no fucking questions. Like you very Trumpian. Absolutely. And so like, in a in a weird way, I think about this a lot in a weird way like with like the, the state of the internet and sometimes like the stuff that you see people like getting upset about this isn't like it doesn't it's not necessarily like assigned to a color but like 
sometimes I think you get around liberal white people and I think they have this like real uh, they have this way of looking at the world and like this really they, they, they have this way of looking at the world and w- the way that they think the world should, should be. be yeah and I think when you grow up as like a not white person I think you get you get really good at looking at the world for, for what, what it is, is. Yeah. and you don't really have a lot of like well but but I think you you don't you know, in a dark way, you like, like, in a way that, in the way that, like, everybody right now is sort of starting to be like, oh, the world was so bad. Like, yeah, you're like, yeah, nigga, and, where were you at? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you, like, a lot of people are, like, just sort of coming to the realization yes. that, like, you know, that the, 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 the idea, systems yeah. are not built to protect this. Us. Yeah, this, oh my God, I love seeing it. I love seeing people, mostly liberal white people, coming to grips with how little control they have over how the world works. <laughs> This idea of like, and people are freaking out. They're like, "Oh, these how how are we gonna how are we gonna dismantle that?" You're not, you yeah. are not. And for a lot of black and brown kids, you have that realization early. You have that realization when you're like nine. Yeah, we're just sort of like, "Oh fuck!" Like, I'm sort of at the whims of all this other shit yeah. that's at play. And I don't know. It's I mean, there's a there's a beauty and like an ugliness to it. Right. Because like on you know. On most one level, most people yeah. probably don't want their kids right, to exactly. realize that kind of shit, which On is the luxury level, that a lot of white kids get. Yeah. They don't have to really realize the ugliness of the world until way later. Yeah, exactly. And the black kids, you know. You have to learn early, but then there's a there is a beauty in that and knowing that like you are arming your child mm-hmm. with reality mm-hmm. so that they can navigate through a world that is rather than be like, you are free to mold the world. <laughs> however you want we're going to protect you so that you're constantly under the very wrong assumption that you could do anything whatever you want whatever you feel yeah bro i was biking here Mm -hmm. and i was on a city bike uh i I approached a red light uh i was still like i had some speed but i put my brakes on there's a little white family crossing the street Mm -hmm. and uh, the mom like looked at me and was like a little scared as though I was whatever. But the little there's a little white kid and he put his hand up, <laughs> right, as if to be like, "Stop! <laughs> I command you yeah, to stop." Yeah, yeah. And I stopped. <laughs> so but he was right because the light was red. But yeah. in my head, I was like, I was laughing. I was like, "Little nigga, mm-hmm. I'm Let's doing this for you." I could have, bro. I could have just, mm-hmm. I could have evil Knievel that shit mm-hmm. right in your skull, mm-hmm. little bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get the luxury of thinking you have. That's. They they grow up with the luxury of thinking they have control over shit because they're protected from a lot a of lot. resistance. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think yeah, for black and brown folks especially, we are taught there is a lot of resistance the <laughs> from your, it, by existing. I mean, again, it's like kind of sad, but you do grow up with the understanding of like yeah, the world was the 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 world that we live in was not built to help you. Yeah, if anything, it's built. In very intentionally to, to like destroy you, to block you from what you want, and to like, and to harm you. So yeah. like, you need to, you better lock this shit up. Yeah. You better be like, you better be ready. And I think, I don't know. On a certain level, I think that's what our dads were trying to do, trying, trying to, do. to do, trying to do. But it's like, and toxic masculinity feeds into that, right? Yeah, I, especially like, yeah, for dudes, where it's like, you you need to on top of being a man. Right, on top of being having the responsibility of of being able to get your shit off, get your shit done. Mm-hmm. Like you need to do it in spite of. You need to harden yourself mm-hmm. against a world that is built to destroy you. And that hardening, mm-hmm. I think, closes off your at least perceived ability to reach out to like the so- like reach out mm-hmm. or reach within to like the softer parts do you, of yourself or strength. Do you have like do you have nieces and nephews? Yeah, I have a nephew. I live with my nephew, fifteen. You live dude. with your nephew? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He's fifteen? Fifteen. Whoa. Yeah. Well, so that's, I mean, that's kind of perfect, though. Mm-hmm. That's kind of perfect in, like, the thing that we're talking about. Because I have a nephew. My nephew's eight. Okay. And so me and my brother will, like, sometimes we'll talk about just, he's he's trying to figure this out right now. And I, because my mentality is, like, let that boy be soft. Yeah. Let him be soft. Yeah. But my brother is very much in this realm of, like, I can't. Like, he can't be it's hard. It's hard. It's a weird. It's a weird balance because I understand. Because I think we're both right. Yeah, I yeah. think we're both right, and I guess that's yeah. Because you don't want your you don't you don't want your your nephew to grow up to be that little white kid thinking he can right. stop the bike and then he just gets blasted in the exactly. fucking face. Exactly. But you also don't want him to feel like he can't 
relate feel. to his feelings. Yeah, you know, you don't want him to feel like he can't have any feelings. Yeah. I don't know. Was your nephew? Does he have feelings? He's feel, he's a very sensitive dude. Mm. He's the like the greatest human being I know. Oh shit! Yeah, very emotionally intelligent. Very, uh, you know, I do think that there's a there's like teenage shit where it's like I don't want to talk to fucking old ass niggas about how I'm feeling. Right. But I do think that we have a relationship where I go like, hey. What's going on? Well, because you're also you're young enough. Yeah, true. You know, or you're not like some fucking old head troglodyte. Exactly. You like you're like young enough so that you guys probably have some pieces of like culture that like touch. Yeah, like we'll both listen to like Igor. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You You guys are you're not like you're not like get off my lawn old. Nah, yeah, because we can't afford a lawn. You're just well, (laughs) the New York City. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Nobody, very few people can. Oh my God. Unless you go to Queens, I guess. True. Yeah, but fuck that. Um, but yeah, it's you guys. Yeah, you're like you're close enough. You're like I remember Four Locos and LimeWire mm-hmm. old, which right. is it's the same level of old I am. Which is uh, a it's, weird. It's a weird old. It's weird. Yeah, 2012 was 10 years ago, which does feel insane to me. That is insane. When you start when you start getting to the age where new players are being drafted into the NBA and they were born in years that you remember. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I saw a kid get drafted who was born in 2004. Oh, yeah. And I was like, whoa. Like, in 2004, I was in, like, I was in middle school. Yeah, bro. Like, I have real memories. Yeah. Like, I was was kind of, I was a person. I was trying to get hand jobs when you were born. Exactly. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't there yet. I was you failing. Were, you were cooler. I was failing. He was able. Okay. No, no. Abe's trying to. Abe's getting his dick touched. No, in two thousand four. On trying. Abe's his dick touched for eighteen years. Trying to get my. I've been trying to get my dick touched. You hear that? For eighteen years. You heard that? You've been trying. I've been so trying. You're still still, still since two thousand four. Nobody's. Uh, Nobody has ventured down to the deep. Oh my god. See, this is what you got to cut. Yeah, that's that's the stuff that needs to get cut. I'm, I'm keeping it. That's the stuff that needs to get cut. I'm keeping it. But but no, I, I, I don't know. That's good. Do you, do you have a closing like a closing? No, I just asked. I just asked you to plug your shit, man. Where can people find you? Oh sure, sure, um, sure, sure. Support your art. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can follow me on social media at Internet Devin. I'm trying to be off social media as much as possible lately, but still follow me because that's where yeah. I post my show shit. So. <laughs> Go go there to find that information. You will not interact with him. You might, you know, send me a DM. You know what? I w- I respond to DMs if people have like genuine questions. Like kids will hit me up sometimes. They'll see my Comedy Central set and they'll be like, "Hey man, how did you do this?" I'm like, "Hey man, you're terrible." Yeah, <laughs> that's they'll say that in the comments. Yeah. They don't DM you that. They just say it. They just say it below the video. But uh, but yeah, if you like actually have a real question, I need to get back to a kid. One kid, one kid straight up asked me like. 50, he like listed them out. It was too many questions. And they were like kind of detailed. But I do want to, when I go home, I'm going to sit down and answer them. Yeah, because if you don't, you might like spark a manifesto or something. Maybe. There's been kids, there's been kids that I answer questions for and then like they'll circle back and be like, hey, will you watch my stand-up clip? And I'm just like, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I won't. <laughs> no, I won't. That is, do not send me your stand-up. I don't want to, I've seen enough stand-up for many lifetimes. Yeah. I don't want to watch your clip from an open mic at your school in Louisiana. That is a thing I think a lot of people don't understand is that we like comedians like love comedy, but we've seen too much. And especially now with the and now we're just now, Ugh, we're, just, now we're having a whole other conversation about other, you can actually cut this shit, yeah. but you know now with the like uh, with the with the with the realification. Oh my god! Of of stand up, all guilty. Every, all of us are guilty. Everybody, but not, not me. No. You won't you won't catch a single Devin Walker stand up reel. Ooh. Uh, at least not yet. I don't have one yet, or I don't have any yet. Has Comedy Central not like commandeered one of your shits and like clipped it and oh, put it on there? They've done that, yeah. but like that's happening over there. I have no con- That's a, that's a <laughs> that's the thing about Comedy Central, man. That's the thing that you learn. You yeah, you just you, gonna do what they're gonna do. They you they they pay you, you know what three thousand dollars, and then they own that shit for forever, forever, and you have no. They don't ever tell you, hey, we're about to run this, you know, but that's, I, I could do a whole separate we, podcast. We digress. Comedy Central, but yes. Uh, find me at Internet Devin. You got any questions or anything like that? Um, Very accessible. Yeah. I'm around. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Devin Walker. Thanks, man. Dude. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, of course. Okay, bye. Bye. Yay.